Hey guys, brand new podcast coming at you, and it is the return of the Talking Dirt podcast here uh, with myself, Mr. Ryan Williams, and my co-host, Matt Pridge. And now, before we get into today's episode, I just want to thank everybody for sticking with us uh, for the little bit of time that we took away. Of course, I had to move into uh, the brand new Talking Dirt studio, and I've got a lot of cool things in the works, including some live shows, some in-person interviews, all kinds of stuff coming your way. But before we get into all that, we have got get this show back on the road. So without further ado, I welcome you back to the Talking Dirt Podcast. Good evening, race fans of the internet. So good to be back with you here after our little month's hiatus there. You're listening to the Talking Dirt Podcast, the reboot of the Talking Dirt Podcast. That is with myself, your host, yours truly, Mr. Ryan Williams. And joining me once again tonight, back on the Talking Dirt Podcast with me as we relaunch it, Mr. Matt Pridge. And Matt, welcome back to the show. The uh, the best co-host in all the land. How are you doing this week? I'm doing all right, man. Can't complain too much. Can't complain too much. You got a lot going on in your neck of the woods. We're recording this a little bit early yeah. uh, because you have a, a date with destiny up in uh, up in West Virginia, taking that old that old blue gray that you got in the shop back behind the house. You're gonna take that up there, and get some updates done to it. I hear. Well, yeah, yeah. I remember, of course. You know, I bent the front clip in my car back in July and. We're going, we got to, we're taking it up to rocket to get reclipped and it will come with some updates and stuff, but I'll be, uh, leaving as soon as I get off of work tomorrow, uh, Wednesday and, or, uh, excuse me, Tuesday and we'll go up there Tuesday night, go up there to the shop, have it up there first thing in the morning, Wednesday. And they said they should have it done in like four or so hours. And well, yeah. I guess take a tour of the rocket facility and then back to marion i was about to say while you're up there you know taking as as much advice as you can do you know um you know who's going to be there is mark going to be there uh who like do you know who you're going to be talking to no not at all i i don't have a clue i mean i, I ain't no special guest or nothing so yes you you are the co-host of the talking dirt podcast you are a special <laughs> guest anywhere and everywhere but um no dude like i was saying just Go in there, take in all that you can, take in all the knowledge that anybody up there is willing to give you. Uh, because, uh, I mean, Mike is, is still around from Hudson O'Neill, though. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if that one's going to happen, but, but you nah. can try. Speaking of Hudson O'Neill, of course, it was uh, confirmed a couple of months ago that he would be taking Brandon Shepard's spot in the, uh, the Rocket One house car. Uh, and now just breaking today, actually. Uh, this broke probably a couple hours ago. Uh, it's now known that Devin Moran will be uh, partnering with Hudson O'Neill's former team, Double Down Motorsports. The uh, Roger Sellers owned number 71 or was a 71, uh, probably going to switch over to uh, a nine or whatever, uh, whatever Devin decides to go with uh, next so, season. 
cool fact that team my my car used to be a part of it was a double down car uh yep. do you remember do you know who drove it john blankenship john blank i tell you that, now that's that's gonna sidetrack me a little bit because back when okay so for those of you that know me know the story but for those of you don't you don't uh whenever i was a, a little kid really big into dirt track racing went every single weekend with my grandfather and then you know i got out of it for a long time but when I first got back into it, probably, you know, 2015, 2016, uh, started getting back in heavy. John Blankenship's coal car. You, you you know that car, Matt? The coal car? Yeah, my car used to be that car. Yes, okay. That was one of the first cars that I saw that caught my attention, and I'm looking all over the place to try and get a uh, a 124th or something of it. I, dude, I've been trying to find one for months now. Speaking of 124ths and... All kinds of diecast. The Talking Dirt Studio is uh, almost complete. We got a piece of uh, we got a piece of Matt's current car in the studio. We got uh, some mini doors. I know I got uh, one of Chris Ferguson's uh, Dirt Link model, the Million Car. I got a mini door of that one. I got a Bobby Pierce Wonder Bread car or uh, mini door, excuse me. And I've got a cutout of one of the baddest throwback wraps that I have ever seen on a Dirt Link yeah. model, Matt. Yeah. Uh, in general. Not even in just ge- oh, in, general. in general. And it is so good because it's one of the best movies of all time. If you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about uh, Jonathan Davenport's World 100 throwback to Brewster Baker um, that happened, what now, four years ago almost? Probably, what was it, 2019? No, I think, three it, years was ago? Like, I think it was more recent. No, it might have been 2019. I think it was 2019 because I know he won that yeah. race. And, and then, of course, Overton. Dang, went I can't believe it's been that long. On a cho- yeah, it's been a while, man. But they still sell the cutouts of it. And I got what a one. Phenomenal. Uh, just amazing. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. one of the coolest raps of all time. And, of course, we got to, you know, got to go with some of the, the on-podcast favorites. Got a Mikey Marler mini-door. Ricky Weiss, who will, uh, uh, in fact, one of uh, Banjo's wife's. One of her favorite drivers, uh, but we all, I did have to correct her on how to say his last name a couple of times. That was funny. Um, Got to support Chris Smokey Madden and Scott Bloomquist. They're both on the on the uh, on the wall, and uh, and yes, it is the it's the throwback number eighteen that he drove that mini door they put on uh, their websites and all. Um, looking for more though. Looking for some uh, some mini, actual. I got I got four mini doors. You got four minis. What you got? Yeah. I got, remember when Chris Ferguson first went to the white and gold wrap, yeah. uh, like a year or two ago. Yeah. Uh, I got, I got that one. I got them to sign mm. it at Cherokee. I got mm. the small one and I got the big one in the trailer. I bought that one for my dad and, uh, got that, uh, autograph as well. I got an autographed, uh, Jonathan Davenport. I got that when, uh, I saw the Lucas Oil race in Fayetteville before they reconstructed the track. And then I got, of course, I had to get the hunt the front ones. I only got uh, Joseph and Je- uh, Joseph and Jonathan's. You know, I tried to, uh, I tried to they're get signed. one of Joseph's. Yeah, they're signed. I tried to get one of Joseph's uh, not too long ago. Whenever I was, you know, first hanging the mini doors, uh, all sold out. So that kind of sucked. These, and- these the the doors I got are from last year's wrap, so it's just got the right. white on the bottom. And when I <laughs> when it was being purchased. The Jesse one was gonna be, was gonna be bought too, but they were sold out, which oh, I think is yeah. funny. Yeah, man, those I think guys are doing the one with the least amount of racing experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because he he jumped in it so hot. See, what Jesse did right is he went and established his own fan base away from Hunt the Front with and, you know 
Yeah, with iRacing, Twitch. Twitch, Because, yeah. I mean, you got you to gotta realize out there, guys, that, you know, Twitch viewers and YouTube viewers are usually on opposite playing fields because a lot of your, a lot of those guys and gals uh, will be loyal to one or the other. But what Jesse did, which was really smart, was build a fan base on Twitch and bring that over to the YouTube channel because uh, Hunt the Front's still growing like wildfire. Well, I see- commend them for that. Here, here's the thing. What, what's awesome about him? He's able to. I mean, the, obviously, the fan base he has on Twitch is the same fan base Hunt the Front has. But he's able. Sure, to, yeah. He's able to kind of like piggyback the the fans and stuff off of that, and put his own twist of it. So now he's distinct from from the rest of the group as well. You know, Joseph's right. Joseph's the driver. Uh. Well, Jesse's also the driver too now. Right, right. He's also a driver now too, but it's like, pretty darn good too. They got their individual things, I guess. Right. I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm bad. Right. At this <laughs> nah, you're good. Man. I totally understand what you're saying, but yeah, he's done some big things. Really, really good merch seller too. Uh, if I if I do say so, really good merch seller, and he's also really good about you know connecting with with fans, and that's another thing why I think that um, the excuse me the potential for growing yourself a platform on twitch youtube facebook gaming whatever the heck if you're playing iRacing it's so easy because you can play games with fans all night long you set up a server for 60 people Mm -hmm. 60 year fans are going to jump in it's it's such a a great platform the the game itself or the 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 service itself the the What's it called? A simulator. The simulator itself simulator, is such a, yeah. a good platform to grow a fan base off of. Just be just mainly really because is. that you can give back to the community. You can, you know, play games with your community all night long uh, without without delay. And he's done a really good job of that. And I commend him for that. And uh, I kind of hope to do similar stuff with Talking Dirt eventually. Um, but of course, that still only works because I haven't gotten the uh, the simulator moved into the into the new setup yet. Because I've been having some. Uh, some vehicular problems of my own. Uh, bad, uh, I tank a bad diesel. It's costing me a lot of time with my truck right now. So that uh, that's unfortunate. But uh, hey, man, you always in this life, you always gotta keep a keep an eye on the bright side. You know, Matt. Oh yeah, for sure. Like like just like you did with the race car. You know, it, it, everything can be fixed. Um, the the best thing in life is that we are all okay. All moved into the new TD studio, and uh, we are ready to bring you guys weekly podcasts once again. So that's the cool stuff. Now, enough of the life updates, Matt. We got a lot of racing to cover because we have missed quite a few weeks here. Um, yeah, quite a few. I believe the last thing that we did was give the ladies and gentlemen of the internet a preview at the Gibbons Memorial from Sumter Speedway, which happened. All the way back on October eighth. It's currently the twenty fourth of October, so we're Almost way behind. Yeah, we're we are way behind on this one. But uh, a little flashback to the uh, Gibbons Memorial at Sumter Speedway. Of course, I did a uh, a big write up on the history of the Gibbons Memorial. It started um, after the passing of uh, Little Ed Gibbons's father, Mister Edward Slick Gibbons. Um, and Slick goes way back. He was a track champion at Sumter back in the the sixties, he's he drove a number 50 car for, uh, I believe it was a disher fella that, uh, that owned and, and handled operations on it. But slick was just a legend around here. And 
And so was Little Ed when Little Ed came out, 2001 Carolina class champion. Uh, he was legendary all over, though. Yeah, he was legendary all over. He, he's won races at Fayetteville, run, won races at Lakeview, won races but he called all over the Carolinas. Point. He did call something, obviously, from Manning. Um, and, and, heck, you can still see that Gibbons family all over, all over Manning and Sumter, really. Uh, they're, they're all over the place. And, and they came out in, in pretty much full support. Um, to go down to victory lane, I had Miss K give the trophy uh, to the race winner. But um, yeah, the Clash put on a heck of a show, Matt. First thing I want to talk about though from that night is the track that we had. Honestly, I don't know what he did different. Of course, the weather was perfect for it. The weather, you know, there was there was a good amount of moisture in the air. It was nice and cool. That plays a lot into the 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 fact of the track not rubbering over like it normally does. But dude, when I tell you that, that's probably Minus the the character that we had in the track, as far as you know, moisture and grip and, and racing ability, that's probably one of the best tracks that we've had all year. Probably better than any track that you've run on at Sumter. Um, which I hate it for you that you weren't able to uh, to run it. But yeah, man, that that track was absolutely beautiful, was it not? Well, well, see, here's the thing: it it was super hooked up, had a lot yeah, of grip. Yeah, yeah. I would have liked to see a little bit less grippy of a track quite honestly why is that i i don't know when when i feel like it becomes about motor when it when <laughs> you well, know when the track's super gripped off i just i don't know well that's the thing with a, a lot of tracks when they have supers and whatnot come to town they're gonna they're gonna dump it they're gonna dump the pond on it they're yeah. gonna fill it up because you know you got those big motors that that need that grip and they and they put on a heck of a show. I mean, it's probably the best late model race that I've seen at Sumter Speedway since I came back around in in 2019. And I, that's no bullcrap here. That that was one of the best late model races. Your top three, they were under a blanket for a majority of the race until a lap car um, of no fault of his own. He was trying just trying to pull in, but your leaders didn't see him until the last second and. I think it. I think it clipped Rambo, and um, yeah. I think the fur the the third place and the first place car missed it, but I think Rambo got into him, and that kind of killed Rambo's momentum. He just you know rode from there, but um, yeah, Clash, heck of a race. I got to work with one of the best voices in dirt track racing, in my opinion, one of my absolute heroes, legend, uh, one of the best of all time, Mister Mark Huey. Uh, Mark was in the house and. Uh, put on a master class that put me to shame. I'll say that. Uh, that's the least I can say about that one. Uh, Mark's great, man. He, he, when you talk about dirt track racing voices, I mean, it, uh, just in the Southeast alone, man, uh, you think back to all the people that have announced at Sumter over the years, they've been great. Of course, Alan at, at Lakeview, he's got a great voice on him. Uh, I, my, my buddy, Matt Wheeler, he's got his own style. He's He's great. Um, talk about Hunter Weaver from Blue Ridge got his own style. He's, you know, that's the thing, Matt. If you, if you want, you know, to pursue a career once your racing days are done in broadcasting or whatever, for an announcer, you've got to find your own style. And and for me personally, I'm I'm working on it. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I am, if I've got my own style yet, but I'm working on it. You know. Yeah, I know what you mean, and. I, I I don't know. I, my plan is to be like Red Farmer, to be honest with you. <laughs> Race 397? Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> honestly. 
man. It, speaking of Red Farmer, um, they had a what a tribute race for him at Talladega not too long ago. That went off yep. without a hitch too. I want to say yep. Brandon Overton won out there, um, for that one, which was pretty cool. But yeah, Red Farmer, a, a absolute legend. Uh, still wish the best for him. Remember he had those health struggles earlier in the year and. Now he's bounced well, back. I heard he was out there racing in that race in the 604. Uh, yeah, he was. I, I believe he was. Now, don't quote me on that, but I believe that he, I believe I remember seeing him on the broadcast. So that was uh, really, really cool to to see. Of course, absolute legend. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the only living member of the Alabama gang, I believe. I'm not yeah, sure if he was in it or not. Yeah, oh yeah, he was in the Alabama gang. I'm just trying to think if he's the only living member left or not. Well, I think Bobby Allison's still alive. Is Bobby still alive? Yeah, I seen him at Darlington a couple of years ago. I seen um people posting pictures with him this year. Oh, okay. Well, then might not be the only living member of the Alabama gang. I couldn't remember if Bobby Allison was still living or not. Um, but yeah, man. Also, uh, speaking of stuff I have hung up here in the office, uh, in my collection. I gotta, I gotta thank Miss Virginia Ayers for this, but I have a copy, Matt, of one of the first times that um, uh, the NASCAR, the NASCAR late model stock uh, division back in the '50s, one of the first times they ever came to the the then Gamecock Speedway uh, before it was renamed Sumter Speedway, following uh, I think a change of ownership they renamed it Sumter Speedway. But um, dude, it's got some crazy names on it: Junior Johnson and. I believe Kel Yarborough's in there somewhere. I'll have to go take a, a better look at it. But, yeah, really cool. I I got to thank Miss Virginia Airs a ton for that. Got it hanging up here. And I got some other cool stuff that's going to hang up in the office as well. Like uh, I got a signed Chris Ferguson shirt from, uh, I believe it was one of his Charlotte schemes back in, like, uh, 19 maybe. And I uh, got him to sign it at Gaffney one day. So, yeah, a lot, a lot, of, uh, a lot of update talk here. I just wanted to let you guys know, you know, what's going on. Where has Talking Dirt been? Uh, of course, it was down for a little while because I was moving into the new house, and and Matt had a lot of stuff going on, and and now we're recording early, of course, because Matt's got to go out of town. So hey, at least you guys get Talking Dirt again, and we're working on some cool stuff, Matt. Uh, working on trying to get up, you know, a video feed every now and then, some some really cool stuff with Talking Dirt. So y'all be sure to follow along. It's it's gonna be a fun ride. Let me let me just say that. Now, um. Matt, I have rambled long enough. I'm on puppy duty, of course. If you hear any yips, it's a little puppy man. But uh, let's actually dig into some racing here um, because there has been, like I said earlier in the broadcast, there has been a ton that we need to talk about here. And we're still with the, the Clash at Sumter. Of course, Zach Mitchell wins that race, dominates hands down. Second was uh, was Rambo. And third, I believe, was Dale Timms, if I'm not mistaken. And... We had uh, Slick's widow, Miss Kay, go and give Zach his trophy and and all all sorts of fun stuff that night. And then uh, Banjo goes on to win Street Stock and Super Street, uh, of course. A wicked fabrication I, on top at Sumter. I was just going to say, me and uh, James were sitting up there, and we were just completely flabbergasted at how he was passing everybody yeah. on the outside. It's like, crazy. Two cars per corner, just on the outside, casually. Dude, it, it, I'm telling you, it was nuts how hooked up or how wide that track was. I haven't seen Sumter Speedway that wide ever, literally ever. And for him to be able to drive the way that he did uh, is 
is a hat off to uh, how good of a driver that that young man there is. Uh, some other races from that night. Timmy Kimsey uh, comes back. He'll win in Thunder Bomber, driving a stock eight car. One of the last opportunities that our former stock eight competitors have to drive their stock eights in Thunder Bomber. And Timmy came out and was dominant in that uh, that division. Let's see, what else we got here? Extreme 4 had a bunch of those back on the 8th. Zach Bird was your winner there. Wesley Keller finished second. Michael Ott finished third. Oh, that was that was a crazy race, too. Now, coming back into my memory, little Skeeter. Oh, Michael Skeeter Ott had it in the bag just about before he pulled it back out and threw it away. Um, last lap, looking for career win number one. You know, okay, like he told me after the race, he stepped on it and turned three, got way too high and opened up the lane. And then he got passed. It happens in racing. I felt so bad for the young man, but uh, he's going to keep digging. And that uh, first win is definitely coming for him. Uh, Econo 4 race Buzzy Johnson in the 50 car back on the 8th. He took that win, driving Miss Lisa Glasscott's car for the first time since uh, since it was flipped back in August. So they took a, cu- a couple of, about a month off there and um, and came back to win the Gibbons Memorial uh, in the Econo 4 division. Mod 4 saw Jack Jordan and Aaron Weed. Man, I don't, remember, I don't know if you remember this, but there were some tempers. There were some tempers after this race. Um, if yeah, you saw, saw it. A little bit. Because going into turn one on the final lap, Jack was riding second. Aaron was leading. And, you know, Jack, he drove it in deep. I didn't see anything heinous. It was, you know, racing for the win on the very last lap. And there, there was contact. I wouldn't say he, you know, slammed him. I mean, it... I, uh, it's hard to say from an from a an unbiased perspective because I don't want to sound like I'm pulling for either guy, but you know it wasn't it was racing it was a racing move. I w- I wouldn't say that it was heinous, and the other driver you know thought that it was, and he showed his frustrations at the end of the race. It is what it is at this point. It's a month ago. Nobody cares anymore, you know. Um, but that that was a great race. Mod fours are uh, coming back to the forefront just about. And then, of course, we told you Banjo, he uh, dominated Street Stock and Super Street. Him and Terry Caples pulled the 1-2 in both divisions. They're back on the 8th at Sumter Speedway. And and then following that, Matt, we got a lot of cool stuff here. Um, of course, uh, the Southern National Series, they ran their final race. If you'll uh, remember back during the Summer Nationals, they had a rain out at Swainsboro. Mm-hmm. That was back in, what, uh, August, September, something like that? Um, they had a rain out at Swainsboro, so they redid the race, um, a couple of weeks ago now, Carson Ferguson picked up that win. Uh, so congrats to Carson on a $10,000 win. That was pretty, pretty cool to see there from Swainsboro back a couple of weeks ago. I believe that was on the 15th of, uh, October. So a week after the Gibbons Memorial. Oh, another race from that weekend, uh, the dirt track world championships. Absolutely. We'll get into that in just a minute. First, we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about um, Lakeview from that weekend. Because Lakeview had a pretty cool race, the uh, Tony Williams Memorial race there at Lakeview. Of course, street stocks were the, the first race out. And Matt, this was an interesting one because uh, David and uh, Terry Wayne Caples were locked in a heated battle there for a little while. David was able to escape him. Uh, just a little bit. And then there with about four laps to go, 
Remember, he popped a left front tire, and from there, it was defend, defend, defend the bottom. And uh, he was actually able to overcome the busted left front tire, toting it all the way around Lakeview for the final four laps, and he took victory in street stock that night. That was a pretty cool win, so uh, to I say the least. Confirm. Was it the left front or the right front? Because I've seen conflicting posts, and I've heard both from Banjo. <laughs> uh, it, so, was the, it was a left front. It was the left front? Okay. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was the left front. I don't remember how he busted it, but I just know he busted it. Uh, Terry finished second in that one. Cameron Holloway finished third. How about that? Man, how about this chokehold these Sumter boys got on Lakeview right now? It's it's getting a little bit interesting uh, for, for some of these guys now. They go down there, and they're finishing, you know, top threes and in this race alone you had one two three four wicked fabrication drivers uh well we say wicked fabrication four you had three wicked fab cars and then one more who's using the shock package uh from wicked fab so yeah shout out telling all the man's secrets no i ain't telling no i ain't (laughs) telling no secrets the secrets you got to go to himself to get but uh yeah if you if you're looking to gain speed in a street stock a mini stock heck even a late model Check out Banjo Duke at Wicked Fabrication. Go to facebook.com forward slash Wicked Fabrication. Send us a message. Press the little call icon. Do whatever you got to do. But uh, check us out at Wicked Fabrication. We can make your race car faster. I promise. And make it look good. And make it look good. Bodies by Banjo. Some of the most beautiful bodies that you have ever seen. I guarantee it. Just go look at the Wicked Fab page. You'll 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 see everything you need to know. If If you like beautiful welds, if you like cool designs... Heck, if you even have a baby and you want a race car stroller, we can do that too. Check us out, facebook.com forward slash Wicked Fabrication. The number's right there. Give David a call and we can set you up. I guarantee it. Now, Matt, let's get back to some racing here from that night at Lakeview. Uh, pretty pretty good racing all around. 602 mods. Dustin Watkins took that win and I believe secured a track championship at Lakeview for the second uh, half of their points deal. If I'm not mistaken, uh, super streets were in the house. They were won by, I believe Luke Owens in car number zero one, David Royal, second, Kyle Foster, third stock V eight main. They got a big race coming up this weekend, but old Rocky Gasque won in that number one eighty seven. blaze Bryant, Jason Floyd took the top three. I got a dog squeaking a squeaky toy. So that's always good. Jason Brown won the SCDRA main. And then Bell and Bell modified or vintage modifieds ran with Ron Miller taking the win back on the 18th. And uh, now, Matt, we can talk about the Dirt Track World Championship at uh, at Portsmouth or, or yeah, at Portsmouth back that weekend. Ah, little girl. Sadie. If y'all got uh, black labs out there, uh, send me tips on how to keep them from chewing on everything, please. That would mean a lot to me because she loves to just chew on whatever she can find. Yes, she does. She's a cute little girl, but she chews on everything. Anyways, Matt, dominating performance, 19-year-old Garrett Smith, uh, the Georgia native. I've been watching Garrett now, Matt, for, you know, he's, he's been in the scene for, what, about two years now in the super late model scene and. Well, hey, I think know. he's he's really blown up this year. Last yeah, yeah, year, yeah. I, I don't I don't remember seeing him out there last year. Well, we raced against him. Well, all right. So this year, all right. So last year, I remember playing I racing with Garrett uh, quite a bit. Now, right. And then he, I remember he he said something. I was in a server and he had said something about running speed weeks, 
So I, I made sure to watch him early this year at Speed Weeks, and I've been noticing him all year, and he's just he, he's doing real good for himself. Absolutely. You know, since he, he made a couple of partnerships, I won't spill any beans, but he made a partnership with a, with a fellow who has, you know, found them a lot of speed yeah. here as of late. And he has, he is, he has taken off. Uh, and that is, that's for sure. He's taken off, had that big win at Portsmouth, led all 100 laps. And Matt, when I tell you, I was on the edge of my seat wanting to see what his right rear and left rear tires looked like yep. that entire race. Cause it was, it was weird how Portsmouth was set up that night because normally it's a track that, you know, you can race the the whole from from bottom to top of that speedway, but it was locked down. It was absolutely locked down right there on the bottom. And uh Garrett was able to keep it in the rubber and keep the tires from from uh from popping somehow and he pulled out that huge win there with and you, uh, the, you better believe me and Ryan made picks. We did. I don't remember did you pick Garrett? Yes, I did. You did pick Garrett. That's right. I th- I thought that uh Brandon was gonna get him. It was there for a while, just didn't quite uh didn't quite come to fruition. Chris Ferguson had a pretty good run until he had some uh, tire problems. Did you see the youngest to win Facebook. the race too? Yes, now new youngest to win the race. He's nineteen. Last was last was Brandon uh Brandon Shepherd. Shepherd. That's crazy. Brandon Shepherd was twenty when he won the race uh, a few years That's ago. Twenty thirteen. Yeah, back in twenty thirteen. So that just goes to show you how long Brandon Shepard's been doing this, man, at, at the highest level possible. Brandon and I believe Shepherd. first to uh, lead flag to flag in that race. A very, that, yeah, that's that's very, very possible as well as he did lead all 100 laps amidst people popping tires left and right, people, you know, cautions <laughs> after cautions. He was uh, absolutely dominant the entire night. So hats off Garrett Smith. I'd love to have him on the podcast. If anybody sick, sick rap too for uh with the pink sick rap. How about that driver suit? Yeah, the driver's oh. suit was dope too, man. He he was yeah. He's he's onto something there with that that scheme for October and the driving suit and who he's got helping him. And oh, the coolest thing, the coolest thing of that night was um back before the race after Scott Bloomquist didn't make it unfortunately. Um, he was over there giving Garrett pointers on, uh, you know, what to do in this track, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Garrett credited him after, after the, um, after the win. And then one of the coolest victory lane photos, I don't know if you saw this, Matt, but he, he's got a victory lane photo with, with him and Scotty B and Scotty B's holding yep, up. The freaking, I've seen it. The, the little hang loose, freaking the emoji from the phone. Oh, Scott's yeah. throwing one of them up. Man, that was, that, it's just cool, man. Scott Bloomquist is just cool, man. And uh, even even in his advanced age, and which kind of points me in the direction to talk about real quick. Do you think at this point in his career, Scott Bloomquist is going to kind of transition over into more of the less of the driver role and more of the you know chassis builder, team owner kind of role? Like give advice to these young kids that are coming up because you know he's getting up there in age. He, he doesn't, and he was dealing with all those health problems and such, and. You know, this year he only ran probably, gosh, he had to run less than 30 races this year. Yeah, I, I think you're going to see him less in the car. Um, I don't know necessarily, like, owning a team, but uh, for sure you're still going to see him, you know, at the track doing well, research and development for his chassis, and he's going to be helping out, you know, like Chris Ferguson, Ricky Weiss, and all, the, all those who run his chassis. But, I, yeah, I don't think you'll see him in a car much. 
Well, I mean, and- I think he'll still race, but not not nearly as much as these guys do now. Well, he's dabbled in ownership a lot. Of course, you know, uh, when Chris Madden was driving was driving for him for a while, Chris Madden drove for him for what two, three years. Um, I don't think and- it was that long. Well, I think it, it was it like was, one year. It was a short. It was a short. Not even time, a year. But, yeah. Not even a year. Um, but he had he had Madden, and then when Madden left, he put Nick Hoffman in one of the yeah. uh, the Bloomquist team rides. So I'm I'm you know kind of oh, and then when Nick Hoffman left, he put Kyle Strickler in one for a little while. Remember that? No, um, Kyle Strickler went in before Nick Hoffman. Okay, so it was it was Strickler then Hoffman. Excuse me, and then of course Ricky Weiss for a little while. And now Weiss has gone off to start his own thing with sniper chassis, which are pretty bad, pretty bad to the bone race cars, if I do say so myself. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Scott Bloomquist is going to you know, transition more into the 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 R and D and the building of these Bloomquist chassis. I I think that uh, with the the right of the right amount of luck and the the right amount of research and whatnot these bloomquist chassis are about to uh come back to the forefront because i mean you got plenty of guys winning right now uh dale mcdowell just to just to name one uh chris ferguson having some great runs you know there's a lot of guys in these bloomquist cars and and the coolest thing is he won't just give a card to just anybody like he won't sell a car to just anybody you have got to be on top of your game to drive one of these bloomquist cars which is Pretty phenomenal, if you, if you ask me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where Team Zero and Bloomquist goes uh, from here. Uh, of course, me and you have talked a lot about um, who's the, the clear-cut number one, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Scotty B and Billy Moyer are right there neck and neck. And, of course, there's there's plenty of other names we can get into that regional, national levels that are – I think they ought to rock, paper, scissors for it. I mean, but you got to – Best two out of three. Not foot race, foot race. Foot, foot race, foot race. Who's the best car? Who's the best driver? Foot race. No, 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 no. no. You got to do the wheelchair race like uh, Rowdy and Cole Trickle did. <laughs> wheelchair race. The wheelchair race. Yeah, man, they could definitely get into that. I mean, but you also got to throw names in there that are winding down their careers. You know, EPJ, um, Daryl Lanigan, Ronnie. Oh God, yeah, Ronnie Johnson, Daryl Lanigan. Um, who else? Who else can we throw in? Throw in this mix. Dale McDowell. Dale McDowell's got a ton of career wins, and he's do, doing really good now uh, since he's come back from his health scare last year. Um, there's so many more, man, that I can't even. Jane Clanton, you know, think right now. Don O'Neill, uh, Hudson O'Neill's father was. I really great. don't think he races anymore, though. No, no, he doesn't. He doesn't race anymore. Um, there's just so many guys. Yeah, Shane Clanton. Shane Clanton's been doing this for a long, long time. I remember I just found not too long ago a video from Fayetteville. Uh, where Shane Clanton was racing, I want to say it was World of Outlaws, um, and this was years and years and years ago, back when Fayetteville was was uh, before it before Fayetteville got reshaped. I'll say that. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of guys that are going to oh. be inducted into that Dirt Late Model Hall of Fame real Can, soon. Not late model related, but uh, Kenny Wallace announced he's retiring from a full season and a modified. Yeah, Kenny said that. Um, Last year, he said that he was going to race nationally one more year, and then he was going to sell his toter and truck and just do some local racing uh, for for another year, and then he was going to retire uh, retire full time. So, yeah, sad to see Kenny go. He's been honestly, Matt, one of the best um, proponents of dirt of dirt racing that we've had over the past twenty years. Him, 
Kenny yeah. Schrader, Tony Stewart. Uh, as far as national level go, like nationally known guys, NASCAR guys, to 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 be frank, you you got him up there with you know Kenny Schrader. Uh, Kenny's been doing this a long time, still driving, still driving cars. Kenny Schrader, he's still driving a modified. Um, of course, Kyle Larson more recently, Tyler Reddick back in the day. He's a national name that promotes dirt racing. Christopher Bell does it now. Yeah. Um, he's he's really good about that. Um, even you know Jordan Anderson, NASCAR truck driver, owns a late model team. Uh, and yeah, he's he's doing some big stuff with dirt with the dirt ranks. And well, if you want to get that far into it, Jeremy Clements. I mean, his how many yeah, dirt yeah. teams buys motors from his uh, what is it? His oh, dad, his grandpa. Yeah. I think his, I'm pretty sure it's his dad. Um, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't even put that together. Yeah. Jeremy Clements is, you know, fueling, fueling dirt racing here. Um, of course, a lot. <laughs> of course, Corey, Corey LaJoy, his family with the joy of seating. Um, there's just so many that, that go into it and make a, make a name for themselves in racing, which is, you know, kind of what some of our local guys, you know, Banjo, he's trying to do kind of the same thing with building and, and, uh, doing upkeeping and, and, uh, doing fabrication on race cars and whatnot. I think that on this attempt, he's really going to get it because the clientele for Wicked Fab is growing and growing and growing. And like I said earlier in the show, get in line, get your car done by Wicked Fab. It'll be faster, and that's a guarantee. Um, So, Matt, some more cool stuff. We just talked about Garrett Smith winning the Dirt Track World Championship. Um, Not a win that a lot of people saw coming. He backed it up with a solid run this past weekend. I uh, believe he was, let's see here, where was he at? Well, I want to say he was up there in Pennsylvania with Ferguson and the boys. Um, had a solid run up there. Ow, doggy. This doggy just chewing, chewing, chewing. Um, but yeah, this this past weekend, a lot of racing, both locally and far and away. Um, of course, you had, um, what was it, uh, was it? Belton Speedway up in Pennsylvania where Ferguson ran. Um, that was a pretty good race, 60-something laps on a big half-mile track. Uh, Ferguson had a pretty good showing there. And then, of course, all the local racing we had here, uh, Cherokee Speedway. Matt, I know you want to talk a little bit about Cherokee because um, some drama happened. Cherokee responded to it and yada, yada, yada. The Ultimate Series back in the limelight once again. Kind of unfortunately, kind of not unfortunately, but... Uh, yeah, the ultimates back in the spotlight once again, Matt. Yeah, well, so leading up to the race, there was some uh, bit of Facebook drama kind of going on. Uh, mm-hmm. Fans saying, you know, stuff about Cherokee uh, running the ultimates and stuff, and they had to. It it got to be so much to where they had had to make a Facebook post about it, right? And it, it, it's not a short post neither. So, well, them talking about the drama was a short post, but then they got into talking about the weekend's events. But right. you know, so I mean, it when you're that public and it, uh, we're beating a dead horse here. You've heard it all before. Oh uh, yeah, we're definitely <laughs> beating a dead horse. But some other but, stuff that happened with yes, Ultimate. Other, so it came out that uh hunt the front from back in july of last year july 21 yeah they ran at sonoya with the ultimate series and i Um, believe michael page had unofficially won the race and then it came out that 
I guess it was tire samples or something. Yeah, it was it was a tire sample off Michael Page's car. Um and of course Joseph Joyner finished second in that race. And when Michael was thrown out, Joseph was declared the winner. Now from Hunt the Front's uh press yeah, release so, or post. Yeah, so well go ahead, go ahead. Uh they claimed that they had never been informed of Page's disqualification, that they have never you know, they'd never received the, the check until uh, just recently, um, and you know they they were kind of throwing some shade just a little bit at the uh, the ultimate series, which I mean, I can kind of see you know I kind of see where they're coming from, but the the big thing was that you know right is right, wrong is wrong, and and ultimate ultimately, <laughs> pun intended, did the right thing in the situation in my opinion. Right. Well. I just, I, I don't think they were throwing any shade or anything. I just think they were just shocked. Um, I, sure. It sounds like there was some some issues with the mail, I guess. I don't know. But um, I guess Chris Ferguson took that to heart, and he decided to share it, and all he said was, wow. But I, I don't yeah, think that situation... Yeah, I don't, th- I, I don't think that situation, you know, is in any way, shape, or form similar to what happened to Chris. So no, but yeah, so that brought up the conversation with Cherokee, like I had said previously, and then yeah, so and then they had a little bit more drama to add on top of it. Now, oh yeah, yeah. I will preface this by saying that I don't technically or necessarily like the droop rule uh, that has been in effect through all of your major series. So you've got Lucas Oil. Ultimate World of Outlaws, MLRA, and one or two other series, probably Clash. I'm not 100% sure on that. But they are they all, at the beginning of the season, uh, chose to do a universal droop rule of, gosh, I want to say I want to say it's 30, but I might be mistaken there. Um, I think it's 51 inches. Yeah, it might, it might be 50. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you're right. I think it is 51 inches, and they give, what, a, an inch tolerance. And... Yeah. um. The thing about Cherokee, now to preface this, Brandon Overton won the won the ten thousand dollar race on the on the track, but then when he came in, they did a droop test at the scales at Gaffney and found that he had too much he was too high. He was, I believe, an inch and a half too high on droop. Now, the only thing that I'll say is the scales at Gaffney, in my opinion, is not the best place to do a droop check. The ground's too uneven, you know, you get him back to the front stretch where it's nice and even on concrete and do your droop check there. That's or the front stretch in the infield is what I'm saying. Now that's where I would do it personally. Now people do things differently. I'm not throwing any shade at anybody, but that's just my opinion there. But still Overton was thrown out of that race. Ross Bales was declared the winner. Ross passed droop check by, by nothing. Um, but Matt, that just goes to say if, Hey man, I honestly, if you ain't, if you ain't, you know, pushing the rules just a little bit, you ain't trying hard enough. So hats off to Overton for his work on the track. It was a great race between he and, uh, and Ross Bales there. Um, another big story, Dale Timms had a really good run car zero seven. Nice to see Dale, uh, really, really doing some big things right now. But another one of the, the cool things, Matt, was that, um, amidst all the drama, ultimate had a tremendous car count at Gaffney. I think, 27, 28 cars showed up for their 10,000 to win finale. 
Of course, Zach Mitchell was the ultimate champion this year. Zach's had a phenomenal season, wins all over the place, including now two at Sumter, um, one with Ultimate and one with Clash. But congrats to Zach on a great season. Um, he is your 2022 Ultimate Series champion, $25,000 richer. Um, so let's see where that puts him in that uh, that top 25 that we've been looking at for a couple of months now, which um, still matters. top 30, I think. I top 50. I don't know. Still, what I will say is that I would rather, like I, I commented back to the fellow that made it, I would rather them judge it based off of caliber of win and, you know, what series they went, like wins, rather than just money. Because even though Garrett Smith, you know, he, he's just now finding his speed, he's now. Per that ranked like the well, eighth, they were just making seventh, eighth best driver were, in the world. I understand what just, he was doing. Yeah, they were just making a money list. I mean, I, I understand. I, I understand like what he was doing. I, yeah, but the thing is, I think the wins should the, the the purse of the race determines how big of a race it is. So I I think that needs to play into effect. Well, I don't yeah, think yeah, it yeah, of course. Wins. But one thing I you said earlier that I want to go back to is um you said something about if you ain't cheating you ain't trying I do not condone cheating don't do it don't do <laughs> I just it. said push but the I, limits I, I didn't say cheat yeah push the limits but don't break the rules I mean no absolutely not no you you can't break you can't just be blatantly breaking the rules you're gonna get found out every time but. You know, a lot of guys, you, you got to push the envelope. Try to get a leg up on the competition as best you can. Everybody knows that. Yeah, within the limits of the rules. Well, sure, but, you know, push those boundaries. See just how far you can stretch it before you get caught, you know? Every, everybody's doing it, man. <laughs> Not I. No, that might be what you need in your racing program. Push the limits a little bit. See where it gets you. I mean, I, there's stuff I'm looking at in rule books and I see, but I didn't get the chance to try it this year. Maybe next Absolutely. year. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe next year. Hey, maybe uh, maybe you get the car back in time to put it together for one last hoorah. In no, your, I, I, I don't have a right rear quarter panel. It's hanging up in your wall oh, right beside that, you. Right? I mean, you can just put a piece <laughs> of sheet metal up there and, and have it bare, you know? <laughs> I totally I did, I blanked on that. I was like, what are you talking about? And I looked at my wall. <laughs> No, that, that ain't gonna happen. happen. That ain't gonna happen. No, well, hey, I mean, next year, Matt Bridge and Racing gonna be bigger and better than ever. Yes, puppy dog. Well, I, I'm gonna you. go ahead and tell you, I'm not gonna travel as much. I'm predominantly gonna race Sumter, Lakeview, and I'm gonna throw some Fayetteville in there. I, I want, I want to see if I can hang with some limiteds there. I think, I think you'll have a pretty good shot. I, I, I don't. There's, there's not a huge. It depends. Really, when it comes to six of fours versus limiteds, it all depends on how the track's set up. If it is slick as all get out, that six of fours is gonna, you know, be good. It's not you're probably not gonna win the race, but that six of four is gonna be good. And yeah. you know, especially like places like Sumter that rubber over, blah blah blah, beating a dead horse. We talked about this a million times. Um, some other stuff that we need to talk about before we take a quick break here before the rest of the show. Of course, Matt, we had, um, let's see, any more racing that went on before this past weekend uh, that we could talk about? Of course, let's, sure, let's hit on this real quick. We talked about Hunt the Front a little bit earlier. That crew just got a lot richer, I believe $27,000 to be 
to be exact. The Flying Floridian Joseph Joyner wins uh, the Crate Racing USA feature down at Alltech Raceway in Florida over um, Corey Hedgecock. Corey Hedgecock, of course, I believe Southern Nationals champion. Um, Corey Hedgecock having a great year, went down there to Alltech. But Joseph Joyner was just a little bit better on the night. So Hunt the Front got a, a big, big win down there in Florida this past weekend. That crew um, well, dominant in crate racing. I don't know how he finished, but I did see a guy that I had been racing with a lot this year. Well, getting lapped by a lot this year. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Steele was down there. Right, yeah. Also just recently celebrated his birthday, which actually is today, I believe. Well, happy birthday to Jeremy Steele. Uh, yeah, Jeremy was down there. A, lo a lot of guys that we might know uh, were down there. And without you know going back and pulling it up right now, I, I do say that. But congratulations to uh, Team Hunt the Front. They had a really, really big win down there at Alltech. Um, and uh, a couple more races to talk about here, Matt, from uh, this past weekend. Of course, let's see here. Southern All-Stars were in action. See if I can find it here to tell you guys exactly what happened. I cannot, but um, I think Pearson Lee Williams actually uh, won that race. Um, and I can't remember where they were. Was it wasn't Tacoa? Was it Cochrane? Maybe. Oh, there was there was so much super late model racing going on this past weekend, Matt. I can't even tell you. Um, in well, other I news, I have no clue. Before we talk about the cash money available, in other news, uh, confirmed last weekend after his run on Saturday night, Dennis Erb Jr. is this season's uh, World of Outlaws points champion. So congratulations to the one-man band and team possibly not making him the one-man band anymore. I don't know. But uh, congratulations to Dennis Erb Jr. Fantastic uh, season. Uh, Brandon Shepard actually took a win in uh, his family-owned B5 car. Uh, that night, but again, congratulations to uh, to Dennis Erb Jr. on his championship with the World of Outlaws, and I believe, Matt, like you told me before we started recording, still locked in a heated battle as we come to the World Finals uh, for the Rookie of the Year. I believe it's Tanner English, and, and who else was it, Matt? Uh, Max Blair. Ah, yes. I think Max Tanner Blair. English is in the lead right now. Tanner English, yeah, yeah, I think so. Tanner English just a little bit better. Um, as far as points go for the rookie of the year than, than Mr. Max Blair. Max Blair had a great season, I believe. Uh, win at Gaffney. Um, there was another one in Georgia, I believe. He's got a few wins to his credit. So, yeah, great year for, for Max Blair. Ryan Gust had been really good as a rookie with the World of Outlaws this year, too. And uh, speaking of the World of Outlaws, since, since our last podcast, we have had the very unfortunate passing. Yeah. Of one Mr. Rick Eshelman. But yeah, with uh, the unfortunate passing of uh, Mr. Rick Eshelman, rest his soul, one of the absolute greatest uh, to ever grace a microphone. Uh, one of my all-time favorites, one of my heroes in the game. And like I, I made a post on Facebook saying that, you know, I would continue to chase my dream in his honor, and I'm absolutely going to try and do that. Um, really, really sad situation. I'd only... I only ever had one encounter with Mr. Rick in person. It came at, at Lakeview back when the Dryden uh, series ran in 2020 at Lakeview. Or no, it was early 2021, excuse me, early 2021 at Lakeview. Um, I was doing some interviews and and just helping out the show where, where I could. Um, and 
you know, I had brief conversations with Mr. Rick and he was telling me, cause I was so early into my journey, just telling me, you know, keep honing your craft and, and you know, the, the world, the, the sky's your limit in this game. You know, you can go wherever you want to. And then he, you know, brought me on the mic live on dirt vision for the first time I'd ever been on dirt vision. It was pretty cool. And, um, introduced me to the, the world and, you know, had a, had a back and forth with me for a couple of minutes on the mic while I think Alan was away doing something, the, the voice of Lakeview, uh, he was away doing something and, and me and Mr. Rick just had a brief conversation there. And that, at that point in my career meant the absolute world to me, um, that, yeah. you know, I could have a conversation with one of the greatest to ever, to ever handle a microphone at all. Um, nothing but love and respect for, for Rick, his family and, uh, Ruben and, and Ben did a great job this past weekend covering World of Outlaws. Um, and then I believe next week at Charlotte, they're going to have, I know they're going to have James Essex, but I can't remember the other person that uh, is going to step in there as well um, to try and honor Mr. Eshelman. But yeah, once again, rest in peace. Rest in peace to Mr. Rick Eshelman. Uh, you will be missed. I, I'm going to, man, I'm going to miss that voice. Uh, what? on four wide salutes and just throughout racing, one of the absolute greatest of all time. Um, and speaking of greatest of all time, if we flip the script back to something positive real quick, uh, Matt, did you hear who was back on the call for ultimates this past weekend? Who was that? The legend himself, Mr. Tommy Tedder came out of retirement for one night only. I believe Blake had some, uh, some prior, prior engagements going on. So Mr. Tommy Tedder stepped back into the booth for the ultimate super late models. And boy, was it a treat to listen to him. Uh, Tommy's one of my, one of my absolute favorites. I've been listening to him for a long time now. Um, yeah, one of my absolute favorites. It was great to hear him on the call for a race, uh, this, this past weekend for the ultimates up at, uh, up at Gaffney. Now, Matt, that's been a, a long time of talking about everything in the past. Now, why don't we talk about the race that you and I were both really keyed in on this past weekend? First off, though, speaking of what you were keyed on in on, and you weren't even at a dirt track, Matt. You were you were off doing your asphalt thing, weren't you? Yeah, I was. I was helping out a a friend of mine. Um, he's always helped me, uh, no problem. So he decided to race this weekend. So I figured I'd be there for him. So we were at Timminsville. He races in the Charger division. And he, and uh, who is it? Uh, Willie Granger. So he goes out there. He said, you see, they get two practice sessions. Uh, I got there before he went to qualifying. Um, cause they get there like early in the day and asphalt. I crazy, but so he said he had been running fourth all day. Uh, he goes out there and qualifies. He sits on pole for, for a long time. And, uh, he ends up outside pole. I think there were 12 cars. Um, they start the race. Leader chooses the top. Uh, he has a bad restart. Or he has a bad start. Uh, he falls back to third. Then there's a bunch of cautions. They get going. He, um, he falls back to fourth. <sighs> a few more cautions. He has a real good restart. And there's a cop where he was, uh, he would have came out second, but then there was a caution. And then at the end of the race, I finally got a green flag going and he ended up finishing third. 
So, not bad. Uh, and then not you a said bad this run at all. Uh, this was Timminsville. Timminsville, yep. That's a that's a nice track there. A lot of uh, my buddy uh, asphalt tracks around. I there. can't remember which one it is. I used to race go karts with these boys. Uh, the twins can't remember which one it is. Cody, Cody or Casey races. Yeah, trucks. He won the trucks, and the one that races late model finished uh, third. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. One drives the uh, the the super truck, and one drives the late model. Yeah. Their their names Cody and Casey Kelly, but Cody and Casey I, Kelly. Yeah. One of them drives one, the other drives the other. It's funny. We talked about them on the show before. I actually went to high school for a couple of years with these guys back before I got back into racing and whatnot. I never knew they were into racing at all. Uh, yeah, so meanwhile, I, I, I was racing with them probably back then in go-karts. Yeah, I, ne- I never I never, had the slightest clue. I, I'd love to reconnect with those boys and get them Dude, on the I podcast spoke, and stuff. I spoke to them briefly this past weekend. Uh-huh. No, I mean we didn't really talk about much. They asked me what what was going on with my race, and I, you know, I told them. And right, they they obviously a little busy, so I made it quick and brief. So obviously, yeah. Well, yeah, I'd love to reconnect with those boys and and get them on one of the live shows here in the future. Uh, but Matt, hey, we're getting close to time. Let's uh, let's end this this podcast off on some really high notes. Let's start here. The last race to talk about from this past weekend. The 8th annual Cash Money 100, originally scheduled to be at North Wilkesboro, but after that whole debacle, it was moved to Fayetteville, uh, which it has been ran out before. I believe Willie Milliken, a winner in that race five years ago, and Willie actually pulled out a, a tribute rap to Ricky Sullivan Jr., I believe Ricky's 2007 car, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Willie yeah. pulled out a tribute rap for that one. Beautiful, beautiful tribute job there by Willie Milliken and team. Um, and he actually had a really good run in the race, too. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Some more rap news. Uh, brand new, uh, spanking new rap. Beautiful Halloween-themed rap with, uh, I want to say it had some of the uh, the Scooby-Doo characters and some other stuff there for Dustin Mitchell on, on his Longhorn car. Beautiful rap for Dustin. Daniel um, Adam had a Halloween, uh, Halloween rap. Daniel too. Adam did have a Halloween rap. You're absolutely right. Daniel Adam, driver of the number 75 car. Had a Halloween wrap on the car as well. So the night started hot. There was some great racing all throughout the heat races. And I believe it ended up being, if I'm not mistaken, let's see here. I believe it ended up being Michael Batten on the pole. Let's see here. Let's actually go back to Saturday and look back at the live timing and scoring from this race. Pulling that up, I want to. There was one more cool thing about Timminsville this past weekend I forgot to mention. Uh, Kevin Harvick's son was racing in the uh, Legends division out there. He was sponsored by Trackhouse. Uh, also, another, uh, I, there's a guy I know that races go-karts. His son, uh, I think it's Bradley Carter, was right. also racing in that race. Also, Bradley Carter and his two brothers, fresh off of national championships, all three of them. Anyways, so him and... Uh, Kevin Harvick's son were racing a lot. Kevin Harvick's son almost took him out, but it, it was fun watching them two race. That's you know potentially future of NASCAR. Man, I believe it. Um, yeah, that, back that's to pretty, the dirt. Yeah, back to the dirt. Of course, this this race started. Um, you had Michael Batten out front. Michael Rouse was up there. Uh, Christian Thomas had some runs at it, um, but. Dalton Wilson, who was the defending winner of the Cash Money 100, won it at Gaffney last year, driving the uh, number 15 car. 
Uh, Dalton got out to a lead after about 10 laps of the race. Of course, it was a little caution plague. The 100 lap race on steel block motors isn't done very often. Um, so you never knew who was going to have motor problems, tire problems, etc. So Dalton jumped out to a little bit of a lead, and then around the the lap twenty or around the lap, yeah, twenty or twenty two mark, you saw one guy really, really jump to the high side at Fayetteville and make up a lot of ground, and that was the Dirt Deacon Christian Thomas. Christian was absolutely flying. He was following in Dalton Wilson's footsteps because Dalton jumped up on the high side, took a lead. Uh, there at about lap 15. And then when Christian did it, Christian was able to, to uh, get the lead there for just a moment. And then it was taken away from him. And then Michael Rouse gets into the mix there around the halfway point. Michael's running, you know, second, third, um, all around there. And then Michael started having some, uh, some motor problems, some fuel problems. He pulled in. So they changed the right rear tire and he went to the back uh, there with about 40 laps to go or so. And then from there, Tyler Bear. Uh, it's a name we talked about a lot this year. Tyler Bear driving the B8 car. The Virginia native was absolutely on a rail from there. Took a lead away. Um, took a took the lead away from. I want to say it was. I want to say it was Dalton Wilson. Might have been Christian Thomas actually. Uh, my my brain's a little foggy when it comes to this. But Tyler Bear, after he took that lead, was lights out in the black at Fayetteville. Uh, he was able to manage it super well. He went on to win the Cash Money 100, which makes that points gap, Matt, going into the last race in Bears' backyard as tight as it could be. So your your Steel Block Bandit points, if you're following that series, are as tight as they get uh, going into the final race of the year up at, I want to think it, I think it's with, it's with or Beckley won. Um, but yeah, that, that series is in for a monster finish this coming weekend. Um, so, yeah, Bear ends up winning Michael Rouse. We talked about him earlier. He went back to the tail with about 40 to go. Comes all the way, Matt. I thought, I really, really thought, I was watching it live, I really thought that Michael Rouse was going to be able to do it. I thought he was going to be able to do it. Come all the way back from 20th to take a lead and win the race, but unfortunately comes home in the second spot. But that's just going to show you how good that team is, man. That that uh, Rouse Racing Engines team are absolutely lights out they got what probably 15 16 limited elite model wins around the carolinas this just this year the the sweet potatoes express that car is an absolute rocket ship and michael rouse is well on his way to big things um in the dirt world puppy dog quit your whining boy he is absolutely whining a ton right now but Trying to so up one thing I wanted to say about the uh, 06, I read a post today. They said they were dropping cylinders in that race, so that's what that's what happened to them. Yeah, they they were dropping cylinders. Cheryl actually he posted, you know, we we knew the motor probably wouldn't last the whole hundred, but heck, we were gonna try, and they tried, and they had a really good race going until you know the unfortunate happened there in the closing laps. Uh, Rouse finished second. Derek Quaid finished third. Sneaky good run uh, for Beast Mode Derek Quaid, uh, finishing third in the cash money. Willie Milliken finished fourth, and Dustin Mitchell fifth. He holds a slight points lead over Tyler Bear going into the last race here very, very soon. Sean Harrell, actually good run for him, finished sixth. Uh, Chris Blackwell, Matt. Chris Blackwell finishes ninth, a car that's uh, that races Lakeview a lot. I should see him this coming weekend. Um, Chris Blackwell finishes in the ninth spot. Jason Manley finishes in tenth. Let's see here. Last year's winner, Dalton Wilson, finished 12th. 
Uh, oh, Hollywood, John Eller finished 14th. Good run for Hollywood there. And then uh, I believe 15 cars only end up finishing finishing the race, but still a uh, a great, great run, uh, to say the least, for Tyler Bayer. They're going into the final race of the year. Uh, 305 Sprint Cars, Carolina Sprint Tour finale. Jake McLean would get the win, but Richard Wisda would uh, claim a points championship for the year. Congrats to, to Richie Wisdo and his team there. Um, let's see. What else did we have? Also, that'll put tonight. Tyler Bear way up on the, you know, because he's been winning some big money. Oh, yeah. And that, and that money list. Yeah, Tyler Bear is yeah. going to be way up be that close list. To, got to be close to, to 100K. Because remember, 50 grand not too long ago. And he's um, won a 10,000 at least. Uh, I know this is his second, at least his second 10,000 win of the year. Right. I don't, yeah. He's he's probably uh, pushing 75, 80, 80 grand, 85 grand for, for the year so far. So, a really good year for Tyler Bear. Over in Street Stocks of Fayetteville from Saturday, Mike Maines won over Cameron Holloway and Michael Butler. Your top three there. And then, Matt, how about they had like, 50 legends cars. I believe their their big uh, yearly legends race is coming up here very soon. So yeah, 50 something legends cars sign in. Steve Smith wins group number one feature, and uh, Ryan Shabram wins the group number two feature. 602 late models would then come out. Dalton Jacobs in the 7J goes to victory lane over AJ Bellinger and Chase Blackwell in car number six. And then to end the night, the 602 modifieds. Eric Bentley would win that over Dustin Watkins. And Donovan Action Jackson. So yeah, great night at, at Fayetteville. Uh, and Matt, personally, I hope you're able to join me on Saturday. I am looking forward uh, to being back at DeView. I will be at Lakeview on the call for all divisions of racing uh, this coming Saturday. Should be a big night over, I believe, like $1,300, $1,400 to win. Right, heck, it might even be way higher than that now. But a lot of money on the line in street stock. A lot of money on the line. In stock V8, I believe the, the Kevin Outler Memorial in stock eight. And uh, gosh, what's the one in street stock? It's another memorial, Matt. Let's see here. Brian Owens. Brian Owens Memorial. Remember, yeah, uh, Brian and Kevin both passed about the same time last year. So yeah, the Brian Owens Memorial in the street stock, the Kevin, uh, the Kevin Outler Memorial in stock eight. I'll be on the call for both of those races. Should see a ton of race cars. Should be a really cool night. If you're in that area, uh, come check me out at Lakeview Motor Speedway. Talking Dirt will be in the house. Uh, hopefully in full sale if, if Matt's able able to join me there. Some well, other news. I, I hope I do get to make it because you know I used I, I did have a few. Me and Kevin raced a few times. Uh, well, more than a few, about a handful of times. So yeah, Matt Matt knew Kevin, and I hope to do a, a really good job in his honor uh, this coming weekend. So yeah, if you're if you're uh, in the Lakeview area, come check me out. Um, other stuff going on, Matt. Uh, dirt track at Charlotte. Short Track World Championship, or Short Track World Championship, excuse me, coming up this weekend. I think Banjo and Terry Cables and a couple of the Sumter guys are going to be in action there. If you're up that way, go check out the uh, the Short Track World Championship. That's going to be I a was, lot of fun. I thought it was cool because uh, Dirt Car had posted uh, Justin. Uh, well, it, it wasn't just a picture of Justin. Justin was in the picture. Justin Vince. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was cool. That was the second time they'd done that. And he doesn't even race uh, 602s anymore. Nope. <laughs> he, he might throw one in there and go race at charlotte that's always a lot of fun his um, brother might his brother might and he might have a really good shot austin uh austin's looked real good as of late especially you know with the clash a couple weeks ago did really Man, good when i went 
last July, man, he he got screwed out of a uh, out of the feature, man. Transponder issues. Right. Yeah. It it happens. Transponder issues are so common nowadays. But uh, yeah, Justin and Austin, if they show up there, they'll be a force to be reckoned with. That's that why I is... suggest to get your own transponder. It is nice to have. Yeah, de- definitely. If you're racing, get your own transponder. Um, but the only thing is, when you forget to charge it, you don't have anybody to blame but yourself. But hey, don't it's forget easy. to charge Just it. plug it in Friday night. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just plug- yeah, just plug it in. Not a lot of guys uh, think about that, and especially if you got then built into your race car systems like uh, Mr. Rain Man does, and he forgets to turn it on before qualifying every single week. Um, <laughs> no, I just shots at Blake. But, uh, yeah, man, it's it's been a really good you know month here since we've been back with you guys of racing and family stuff. And we appreciate all of you for listening to the Talking Dirt podcast. Go ahead, uh, add this to your list of podcasts that you listen to if you're listening on Apple Music, Spotify, uh, Google Podcast, Pandora, wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure that you, hey, leave a like, leave, leave a review on it. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Follow us on Facebook at Talking Dirt on Facebook. Follow Matt at Matt Prison Racing. Uh, yeah, tons of fun stuff. We got a broadcast coming up tomorrow night for the Southern Outlaw Auto Racing Association over on I will not the be there. Page. Matt won't be there, but I will bring you all the but Check out the racing, though. It's always some good Super racing good. on there. Yeah. Super good racing, and then back on Thursday nights again with uh, DOB, this time with Big Block Modifieds. Uh, so th- those were pretty fun last week. Uh, we'll see how they do this week as they continue on long long races, but not a, not quite as bad as they were whenever we were trying to bring you guys the uh, the 410s and the uh, the 305s. But, uh, Matt, uh, Sumter's got one more race coming up here in a couple of weeks, the Vern Gettings Memorial with the Blue Ridge Outlaw Late Model. Speaking of Blue Ridge, a brand new winner uh, this past weekend for Blue Ridge. I believe Jesse Rocket finally got his first career Blue Ridge win. So congratulations to Jesse. Um, a lot of first Blue Ridge uh, Blue Ridge winners this year. Absolutely. We hey, we might see uh, might see one this coming weekend as well as as they they are not this coming weekend. Then next weekend as they bring they should bring a bunch of cars to town. Everybody likes coming out for those big. Uh, that big Turkey Day race at Sumter every single year. But, uh, Matt, I believe it's about uh, time for us to get on out of here. You got anything else to add? Uh, first off, we are so glad to – I know I'm glad. I hope you're just as glad to be back on the Talking Dirt podcast. Not only that, I'm glad to uh, finally be getting my car fixed too, so pretty happy about <laughs> that. Yeah, man, I'm ha- dude, I'm happy for you. I can't wait for you to to feel the difference of a fresh race car. Um from from what you know you had because who knows it could have already had problems when you bought it and that that's what the you know the push and all was but well yeah I'm so excited the all right so like I said before I, what we think happened was there was a, the wreck where Zach Cox landed on top of my car wasn't his fault and I was just a racing accident um and he had nowhere to go but yeah I think because like his left rear was sitting beside my carburetor pretty much Ooh, so. Yeah. I think what we think is that kind of that may have bent it, and we just didn't notice it, you know? Yeah, possibly. I mean, that's uh, I, that could one hundred percent be it, and um, it could have weakened the chassis so much that that because I like I said, I barely hit the wall at Cherokee, and it just shoved everything. But you know, the big so thing think, it's all gonna be fixed. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's all gonna be fixed, and Matt Pridge and Racing will be back and better 
than ever. Speaking of back and better than ever, the Talking Dirt Podcast is back, and we hope that you guys tune in again next Thursday night when we bring you another episode. But it's been our time here with the Talking Dirt Podcast episode number whatever this is, the relaunch of Talking Dirt. I've been Ryan Williams, and for my my colleague, uh, co-host, and all-around amazing person, Mr. Matt Pridgen, uh, we'll bid you a goodbye for this one. We'll see you in the next episode. Later. Later, Gators.